0: cheeseheads get on your feet it's curd and long hosted by sparky Fighter and ryan horvath welcome in curd and long steve sparky Five twelve fifty 1250 a.m the fan follow me on twitter at sparky radio ryan Horvats, bet mgm tonight uh, he gets the privilege of working with Trista Crick, who went out and uh, to Sacramento and quickly jinxed the Kings over the weekend. I yeah. really appreciate that on behalf of all Kings fans across Sacramento and here in Wisconsin as that fan base is growing. Uh, Nick Ashu, the other co-host uh, on the show. Catch them weeknights during the games. And, of course, joining us, special guest, the award-winning Ryan Wood, Packers beat writer for the Green Bay Press-Gazette and – uh, the biggest Mets fan uh, in the state of Wisconsin, I believe, at this point. I follow him on Twitter at ByRyanWood. Uh, Ryan, I know you're very happy. I saw you, uh, and I did not engage. I wanted to engage, but I didn't really want to engage that bad. Uh, talking about losing Carlos Correa, it's no problem because you all are going to end up with Otani. Uh, yeah, you're, you're feeling yourself right now. I mean, you've been depressed for years, so I, I'm kind of happy for you. I, I really am kind of happy for you.
1: Well, first of all, Sparky, I think to call me the biggest Mets fan in Wisconsin is a uh, it's a very low bar, but I'll accept that. Bad uh, <laughs> of honor. Um, yeah, we went from the cellar to the penthouse overnight in two years ago. It's it's tough to be upset about. Oh, darn, we didn't get Carlos Correa when we've gotten Justin Verlander, Kodai Senga. We brought back Edwin Diaz, Brandon Nemo. Oh, none of that would have happened two years ago. And there's a reason why they didn't bring back Carlos Correa because of the physical. So the Giants saw the same thing. It's not because of lack of money. If Steve Cohn wants a player, he's going to buy a player. Right. Reality we live in. So the next time a superstar player's on the market, it doesn't matter what our payroll is. He's going to buy him. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's kind of like being a Badger fan right now with Luke Fickle Horvat, right? I mean, it's kind of the same thing as every day more and more players are coming via the transfer portal. And I'll say, I think right here and probably by the time this airs, it'll probably already be out. But I'm pretty sure this wide receiver from USC, CJ Williams, is coming to Wisconsin. My reason he followed me on Twitter last night. That's my reason. I, I think he's coming. Why would he? he follow some well, yeah, why would he follow some random dude in Wisconsin if he wasn't coming to Wisconsin, right? That doesn't make much sense. So that, that that's my reason
2: of why I think CJ Williams is coming. Four star kid, he'll be the number one wide receiver. Maybe though, maybe he's in between, let's say, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Minnesota, and he wants to get a feel of what the beat is around here. And maybe he's gonna <laughs> think, man, this guy's a total creep. I don't know if I like him, and he's gonna say, I like these guys in Minnesota much better. Too many Christmas trees. You, you yeah.
0: He doesn't even know about the Christmas tree yet. What if he is a Christmas tree dork, too? Then it's sold. Then it's, it's because of not. you.
1: Then you could be taking a victory lap. It could It could all be because <laughs> of you,
0: Sparky. No, it'll be because of NIL money, like every other deal going on right now <laughs> in the portal, I think. Uh, okay, so uh, get into the Packer talk, obviously. Uh, and just before we started recording, some news came out that the Jets and Robert Sala have parted ways uh, with Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets, which means he now becomes available for Matt LaFleur to hire and bring in to Green Bay. However, Nathaniel Hackett was fired in Denver and that's Rogers' buddy, who Rogers loves. Uh, and he was their big, uh, back then they called it the gold zone, their big red zone guy expert. A couple of years ago, it was really good. Last year, it wasn't as good. Um, and this this year, it went down even further. So a lot of speculation. In fact, LeFleur got asked about in the press conference about bringing back Hackett. Said it's crossed his mind. But now his brother's available, Ryan Wood, buddy. Are they bring back one? Do they bring back both? I mean, this is, this to me, as a Packer fan, I want them both. Put them both in there. More minds, the better, and we're all set. What do you think, Ryan? Uh,
1: You know, Mike LaFleur becoming a coaching free agent is a game changer. That when Matt LaFleur was hired, he wanted Mike LaFleur to be his offensive coordinator, his top offensive uh, lieutenant. So I, I would be surprised if he's not back, you know, and we'll see how Mike LaFleur feels. Sometimes coaches. Want to take a, a year off and come back, but I don't see that being Mike LaFleur. So I would be surprised at this point if he just, just knowing their relationship, how close they are, how Matt LaFleur views his little brother as a guy that he pulls for every day. He wants Mike LaFleur to be a head coach in this league someday very badly. Um, that I, I absolutely would could see that happening. And Nathaniel Hackett, you know, less certain, you know, he, Matt LaFleur was asked about Nathaniel Hackett after this season on, on Monday. And and he said that he spoke to Nathaniel Hackett after he was fired from the Broncos he said, that, you know, made, made it seem like he didn't know if Nathaniel Hackett would be one of those coaches that wanted to take a year off, get some family time, recoup some of that buyout and then reset in a year or not. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was beloved here. His meeting, the, the way he packaged content and meetings was very player friendly. Uh, his red zone, the gold zone. What, what's this Packers offense missing? Red zone production. Yep. And that, that's, that was a big part of Nathaniel Hackett. So uh, I don't know how they would do it in terms of adding two guys, presumably at the top of your staff without any demotions. But coaching titles are like the salary cap. You can add and add and add, but just by changing some, some things around. So I, I would imagine that if, if he does bring those two guys in, he gets creative with some titles and he makes it happen.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think if he does bring in a Michael floor or if Hackett comes back, maybe they're the play callers? And I kind of wanted to get into what was wrong with the red zone or the gold zone offense. Like, who would you blame? Lack of weapons, losing Devontae Adams. Was it the play calls? Was it the beat up offensive line? Was it Aaron Rodgers? Because the red zone offense this year was absolutely brutal, man. I mean, they'd have a nice drive and then it stalls out, left way too many points on the field. We just saw that in the game against Detroit. I think that was their main issue this year. So is it LaFleur? Is it Rodgers? Is a mixture of both like who do you blame i start with the jimmies and joes
1: i start with the players i know matt lafleur always likes to fall on the sword and he always likes to blame himself first in the play calling the plays that are out there but two years ago they were ungodly in the red zone they were 80 percent. that's unheard of tops of the league by far And between the two Devontae adams and robert Tunyon had 29 touchdowns all but like four or five of those came in or right around the, the red zone I mean, when you've got that type of production from your players, you're going to be good in the red zone. And when you don't have Devonte Adams and Robert Tunyon's in his first year post ACL, it's not going to be the same. So it's not a coincidence by who they had out on the field. It's a whole lot harder to run the ball down by the goal line when you when you got everything packed in tightly than it is to be able to dump it down to Devontae Adams. That That's automatic every day. So I start there. There's no – you know, one of the things that Matt LaFleur mentioned and kind of just mentioned in the passing, but I found very interesting, is that he's going – him and his staff that he plans to retain is going to get into a whole lot more projects this offseason that have been neglected over the past. He didn't say what kind of projects, presumably some data analysis. But the – the indication was he felt like the Packers fell behind with the copycat league mantra that is the NFL, that they weren't up to date with the latest trends around the league. That's how this league works. He wants to dive into that this offseason. Does that mean that he'll give up play calling? Well, if Mike is here on staff, that, that might have just became a whole lot more likely. I can see Matt LaFleur giving his little brother the the play calling duties, knowing how he he's a loyal guy, maybe to a fault, but he's a loyal, loyal guy. And knowing how he feels about his brother, knowing that play calling is the ticket in this league to be a head coach, I think that becomes a whole lot more likely. Without that, I, I've always been very skeptical that Matt LaFleur would ever give up play calling. That's what got him to where he is. That, that that's his that's his baby. That's football baby is being a play caller. It's tough to give that up. Mike McCarthy was very reluctant to give it up, finally did after the 2014 NFC Championship game, and that lasted 12 games before he brought it back. It's hard for play-calling head coaches to give up play-calling because it's it's been your confidant. It's been the thing, your ride-and-die, the thing you've had all throughout your career, all throughout your rise. It's tough to give that up. But again, if if Mike LaFleur is here on staff and and we're just speculating, but I I think it becomes a whole lot more likely.
0: This is my issue. I I don't want Mike LaFleur to have play calling. If you're bringing back LaFleur and Hackett, I'd rather have Hackett have it. And the only reason I say that is if Rodgers is the quarterback, we already have chemistry built between those two and trust. If Mike LaFleur is brought in, and he may be a great guy, rogers has never worked with that dude uh and it's the head coach's brother who he's already had good and bad with i'm assuming over the course of time i I don't know if i like that because now we're back to gaining trust of the play caller and getting on the same page and trusting one another to do the right thing and make the right call and getting down with what Rodgers likes to do in different situations like that whole build up I, i don't I don't think I'm on board with that if that's the decision and the way we go, providing Aaron Rodgers is back. Now, if it's Jordan Love, I don't care who the hell calls plays. It doesn't matter. He's going to just fall in line with whatever he's told, and he's going to do it. With Rodgers, though, Ryan, it becomes more complicated.
1: There's a big, there's a big if that you just threw in there, though, right?
0: If- no, I don't think it's an if at all. He's coming back. Yeah. I have no doubt whatsoever at all in my mind. That man literally said when asked in his press conference after that game about – His boys all coming back. Does that play into it? He said absolutely plays into it. Well, Bakhtiari already said he's back. Crosby already said he's back. Cobb doesn't know if they want him back. So I think he's back if they say, yeah, we want you back. And then Aaron Rodgers comes back. There is a lot of underlying stuff that he alluded to that he didn't want to get into, as he put it, at the press conference. So – you know, yesterday and today, apparently, according to the Pat McAfee show, he's meeting with coaches and all this going on. So there's going to be a clearing of the air, I have ima- I imagine, between Rodgers and Lafleur and Goody as far as whatever Rodgers had issues with throughout the course of the season and how things were ran. And then after that, then it's, OK, so what are we doing here? Are we going or are we aren't going? Because Goody doesn't want to wait for three months for an answer. I don't think anybody does. He shouldn't have to put him in that situation. He got $58 million coming this year. Make up your mind. Tell him, yeah, I'm back. I want to make sure we're all on the same page. You can float out your ideas of, hey, my brother just got let go. You cool with me bringing him back on staff? What do you think about adding Nathaniel Hackett back? Like, all those conversations should be happening today and yesterday. And then he comes back. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm delusional, but I, I don't see any way, anyhow, that he's not starting for the Green Bay Packers next year. Ryan Wood,
1: I wouldn't say you're delusional. I, I would say maybe a bit too sure of an, a, an unstable situation uh, because I, I don't know if he's going to be back or not either. I, I I have no idea right now. But there's something different this year that hasn't really been the case in the past. And Aaron Rodgers has vocalized this this late in the season, starting in Chicago. Amplified after Detroit, and we've never heard it from him in the past, which is he doesn't know if the Packers would want him back. I don't know if the Packers would want him back either. And if you look at it, remove the name. Take take Aaron Rodgers, the name out of the equation. Just look at the quarterback play. You've got a quarterback that just had his worst passer rating of his career. You've got a quarterback that just had the fewest passing yards of his career. Of course, we're not counting the collarbone years, but that's obvious a quarterback that had the fewest touchdowns of his career tied with 2008 The quarterback that had the most interceptions since 2008 the quarterback that for the first time in his career never had a 300 yard passing game and only had one three touchdown game usually when you add the injuries into the equation he's turning 40 next year at this stage in a quarterback's career usually doesn't get better you take a step back and look at the 30,000 foot view and you see a quarterback that a year ago, his defense in the playoffs at home held Kyle Shanahan's offense to six points. That game was begging for Aaron Rodgers, reinsert the name, for him to take over. Never could. And this game against the Lions, this, this essentially a playoff game at, at home, was the same thing. I mean, the, the, the Packers defense came out and did what it did the last month of the season. It played well. It got a little worn down by a really good Detroit Lions offensive line late in that game, but it played certainly well enough to win. In that first half especially, giving up nothing, this game was begging for Aaron Rodgers to take over, and again, he could not. So at some point, these things don't get better at this stage in a quarterback's career. I I think the the difference this year is – there's, there's reason for the Packers, if, if they feel any sort of way about Jordan Love, to want to go young and to reset at that position and do it before it, you know, you could say last year was the time to do it and that it's a year too late now, but do it, do it before it's two years too late.
2: I got two kind of like to follow up on that really quick back to back. You watch him every day. You cover these games. You remember, obviously, that last year in Denver for Peyton Manning. He just couldn't make the throws. He got benched. They end up winning a Super Bowl because of that defense. I feel like Rodgers still can make most of the throws. I mean, there's some really bad ones, especially the deep ball. Do you think he still has it? I know he was asked that the other night. He says he does. You know, that's the
1: confounding thing is that every once in a while he'll just throw an absolute laser that nobody else in the league can make down the right sideline to Romeo Dobbs, which was, of course, dropped. That might have been his best throw of the year. I mean, that was that was sick. It was ridiculous, and and it's just it's like a strike of lightning now, where it's like, oh my, oh my goodness, this this guy's Aaron Rodgers. But when it happens, that's the reaction. It's like, oh yeah, this guy's really really good, or he he he's been really really good, and then. 80 percent of the time he's missing wide open receivers his accuracy on the short stuff the dump off stuff was bad all year which is just shocking I, a question you know, I was thinking about this the other day and you know th- th- questions that didn't get asked that would be interesting that maybe try to glean a little more information when Aaron Rodgers resurrected his game after 2019 back in the two MVPs in 2020 and 2021 he said that he rediscovered something with his platform going into that 2020 season and he wasn't ever asked this but I'm I'm, I'm wondering if if he got away from that and if he did if he can just get back to that maybe maybe you'll see the old Aaron Rodgers again I, I don't know but sort of that I, I just I don't see how it how it gets better for any 39 going on 40 year old quarterback who's had all the injuries they usually don't get healthier when they're at this stage in their career It usually doesn't happen that way so, so do you think he, oh no i'm sorry go on so so yeah no i i think that there's there's a lot of unknown out there but there's a lot of reason to think that the packers might be ready to to make a change
2: yeah and move on and so do you think let's say Jordan Love's under center do you think it's more likely that maybe they move him and then are they doing him a favor like I don't think they're trading him away to San Francisco especially with this roster if they think they're going to compete here the next two years do you think maybe it's just a better fit like he goes like Tampa you know Brady goes to Tampa he's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, a run game, a top five defense I just feel like that's Aaron Rodgers now he's not Aaron Rodgers at 25 where he could carry a bad team to a 10-11 win season he needs some help do you think it's more likely he tires or he's elsewhere well the problem with that is this
1: contract really prohibits them from getting the help that he needs I mean if this is John Elway his last two years where he's got Rod Smith and Shannon Sharp and Ed McCaffrey and Terrell Davis then if you surround Aaron Rodgers with that yeah I think that you could see him ball out I mean you, you saw what happened the last two years when when he had Devontae Adams right so But having $50 million a year, there's so little that they can do with that contract on the books that they're just not going to be able to load up in that way. And they're going to be relying on young guys. When Aaron Rodgers said they're a couple players away, he he also said that some of those roles could be filled internally because they had a really strong rookie class. And – you, you, I, the, the year two jump that some of these guys could go on it, it could be significant but they're still going to be young guys it's still going to be a young core there as far as if they do pull the plug and they make the transition i, I think you have to do that without the expectation of being a contender next year you have a quarterback that even if he's really talented even if jordan loves the guy yeah. aaron Rodgers wasn't ready for that 2008 and he was aaron Rodgers. You have to make that change without the expectation that you're going to contend. And if you do that, you get the best package for Aaron Rodgers that you can. It doesn't matter if it is San Francisco because you're not contending in 2023. You've got to load up with the best assets you can and think of this in more of a two to three year window. Then what are you going to do in 2023?
0: I couldn't disagree with both of you more uh, ever in a day. And th- there is there's absolutely no chance. F- first of all, Don't forty say that. million a $40 million cap hit, Goody is thinking, is a good idea. Goody pointed out earlier in the year at a press conference, dude, I just paid that dude a lot of money. Yeah, I expect him to be here next year. And it was almost frustration, like, if he didn't want to play past year, then why the hell did I just give him this contract for? And the expectation was when he gave him that contract that he was going to play, I think, two years and then after next year okay fine that you walk away or whatever everything comes down becomes a little bit more reasonable then that maybe that's what it is this is my prediction we'll see if I'm right I think or Rodgers comes back for one more year plays this year I think they go to Jordan Love and they tell Jordan Love look because we've heard Clemens say they, that he thinks he's a long-term starter in the NFL. Rodgers came out. He said the exact same thing as Tom Clemens did. I think they go to, to Jordan Love and go, look, 50-year option, yeah, fine. But we want to extend you two years past your 5th year option at $20 million a year for those three years you haven't started a game in your nfl career but we're willing to pay you 20 million would put them like fourteenth, fifteenth, somewhere like that in the nfl so top half of the nfl right around middle of the nfl we're going to give you that money to stay here and be patient with us uh, until we can move on from aaron but you are our guy and we're going to take care of you financially to show you that you're our guy and then with as far as rogers goes Look, you're right. Their their cap situation is not nearly as dire as it was last year. Let's get that out of the way. They're, they're in a much better cap situation than last year. But you're right, they don't have a ton of flexibility one way or the other. But do remember, their offensive line had Bakhtiari coming and going throughout the year. Zach Tom was getting forced into action as a rookie this year. Yash Nyman was hit or missed, depending on what he was doing over there at right tackle. You had the experiment of Elton Jenkins that was god-awful earlier in the year trying to play over there. That was a disaster early on. I mean, there were a lot of things Christian Watson wasn't healthy all year he was hurt so that was working against Rodgers you didn't know what you had there necessarily Dobbs was the guy then he disappeared after that and he got hurt he never came back the same Tanyan I think he was like, ended up being like third in receptions or something like that on the team, which surprised me because I didn't feel like he was nearly as involved as he'd been in the past. But if you go and get a young tight end to put in that tight end room, Mercedes Lewis, I think comes back uh, with Rodgers as well. I think this offense is set to be pretty good next year. But like you said, Rodgers has to play better himself. That's part of it, but there's more underlying circumstances on this offense this year than just, well, Aaron Rodgers isn't the guy that he used to be. There's more things that go into this. And, I think Rodgers knows he didn't play well. And I think Rodgers comes back motivated next year and says, I'll show everybody again that I- I'm still the man and I can still do this at, at, at this part of an age, especially if he thinks he still has it. And that's what he said. So that's, that's where, that's how I think this plays out. I don't think they trade Jordan love. I don't think they trade Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers retires having said all of that. Now that I, I cleared all of that up. What do you think are the chances of them keeping Jordan Love, Ryan Wood, uh, and picking up that 50-year option?
1: First of all, Sparky, I think you're spinning the tires. And that might be what the Packers do. The Packers might just keep spinning the tires. Yeah. Sure. I'm not here to say that I I don't I'm not saying I think that Aaron Rodgers is gone. I don't know. I'm laying out the reasons why he might be gone and there are certainly reasons for that. As what, what you just said, it's one It's going to be a tough sell for Jordan Love at some point in his career. Yeah, the money's nice, and the business side of it is important. And they'd have to do something like that. It's not just a fifth-year option; they want to keep him. Correct. But at some point, he's got to play. At some some points, enough enough is enough. You're a first-round pick. You've got to play. You've got to go to a place, and he absolutely could. You know, he, he he he's got at least enough leverage to know that. There's places that might be interested in playing him in this league and seeing what they have at the Packers' though. I don't know that that's going to be enough. At some point, having that little bit of security, yeah, they're going to have to do that at minimum. But the chance to go out and prove yourself and get a whole lot more than, you know, $20 million a year and, and bet on yourself, that's going to be awfully alluring for Jordan Love. So I, I think it's going to be really hard for them to keep both. I'm not saying it's impossible, but – the way I see it, it's it's almost one or the other.
2: Yeah, and I feel like Jordan Love's ready to play. You know, I mean, like how many more years is he's going to is he going to wait? This isn't 1993 where guys would sit for 4 or 5 years. Guys get thrown right into the fire. Do you think, you know, being around the team obviously there's the old guys, there's Mercedes Lewis, there's Randall Cobb. They love Rogers. They're Rodgers guys. They pretty much grew up together. But do you feel like half of this team or some of this team is maybe ready like to turn to Jordan Love? Like maybe it's going to be his team. Like I see the relationship with him and some of the guys like Elton Jenkins. I know Rodgers is great, but, and we've only seen a little bit of Jordan Love, but he goes in there now. He runs LaFleur's offense. He can make the throws. Do you think some of them are maybe ready for Jordan Love to take over this team? I think it's easy to feel like that when the quarterback played the way he did this year. Yeah. If, if Aaron
1: Rodgers was another MVP candidate this year, no, nobody's ready for Aaron Rodgers to go. You, absolutely not, because an MVP-type quarterback makes a lot of careers. Mm-hmm. But you've got three rookie receivers that all they know is this quarterback play, 91.1 passer rating. That's that's all they know of Aaron Rodgers. They've, they've seen and they've heard what he has been in the past, but they haven't experienced it. So, you know, the, the quarterback play wasn't just another problem. It was the problem. In this league, you go, especially as an offense, you go as your quarterback goes. There's a reason why the Kansas City Chiefs became perennial contenders the moment they got Patrick Mahomes. There's a reason why the New England Patriots dropped off out of playoff contention and Tom Brady went and won another Super Bowl with Tampa Bay the moment he left. There's a reason the Packers have been perennial contenders when Aaron Rodgers has been winning four MVPs, and there's a reason why they're eight and nine this year. In this league, it goes – it starts with the quarterback play. And that's – that's you had mediocre quarterback play on, on a mo- mediocre team. That's not a coincidence. Aaron Rodgers has had things go wrong around him before, just as he did this year. 2015, they they, they lose Jordy Nelson the second week of the preseason. And he Aaron Rodgers – Got that team to the divisional round game, overtime, on the road in Arizona. You've seen him be that rising tide that lifts everyone else before. And it's not happened. It didn't happen this year. It didn't happen in the playoffs last year. That's the change.
0: All right, let's uh, switch over to the defensive uh, side of the football, because as you can well imagine, when Matt LaFleur said you know, his intention was to pretty much keep the staff intact uh, as of right now, that meant the defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, was keeping his job. And as you could, I'm sure, saw on your Twitter account, Packer fans are livid uh, that Joe Barry keeps his job. And my suggestion is listen to Curtin long for the last three or four weeks because Ryan Horvat and I have been talking about the fact that he was going to keep his job as one week after another week went on after the bye week. We kept talking about he's going to keep his job like this is going to probably save his job there's no question and that's exactly what happened and we could talk about the detroit lions game that defense didn't lose that game that offense didn't do their job that's who lost that game it wasn't joe barry's defense no they didn't get the turnovers like they had previously gotten and i don't care that it wasn't great competition they were still creating turnovers and he made a conscious decision to switch up that defense going more cover two and doing the more cover six uh blitzing less and the, the, the front the defensive line was getting home more than they had in the past those guys were doing their jobs the development of why the development of quay walker uh that type of stuff i think there are positives you can hold on to from joe barry at the end of the year and go look he made a decision to change things it worked maybe this is what this is going to look like now going forward we finally found the magic potion for this defense we're going to run it back out there next year with a couple of added draft picks or whatever and we think we're going to go in the right direction I, I don't have a problem keeping Joe Barry. I don't. I, I we also me and Ryan both saw this coming. Uh, now, if you look at their numbers, their numbers are worse than they were last year, and damn near every statistical category uh, on defense. So it wasn't like they got better statistically year over year. But he did make an adjustment, and it looked like it worked. Your thoughts, Ryan?
1: Just listening to that, it feels like I stepped into a time machine and went back 12 months ago. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's exactly how everyone felt about this defense after they held Kyle Shanahan's offense to six points in a playoff game at Lambeau Field. To the point that Brian Gutekind said after the season, he felt like they had a salty defense now. He felt like they had a defense they could go out and and contend for championships with on their back. And then it didn't happen. For 12 games, they were anywhere from mediocre to downright wretched. And so I think you have to ask yourself, at what point are those positive schools going Yeah, they were a lot better, a lot better in the last five games of the year. To the point, I mean, they finished 17th in yards and and points allowed on the season. 336 yards allowed, 21.8 points allowed per game. They were eighth in the league. In second in the league in their last five games. They went down to 322, which would have been eighth in, in the league this year. They went down to 17 points per game. That would have been second. That was the expectation for this defense, be a bonafide top 10, if not top five defense. They found it in the last five games, but they just did the same thing last year. The way they closed last year was much the same way. So why would this be different? Why, why would they have rediscovered something in the last five games and then not go out and completely underperform expectation through the three-quarters of the season next year? That's the question I think you have to ask yourself, and I, I don't know the answer. It, obviously, what they found in the last five games, the communication on the back end was markedly better. They Give them credit. They were able to find some pass rush without Rashawn Gary, which I didn't think was possible, and that, that's a big – that's a big plus for, for that defense. Schematically, they, they switched things up. They weren't static game to game, and they didn't stubbornly decide to stay with what was working. But all those things happened in the first 12 games. They were too vanilla in their scheme. They couldn't communicate the same a lick in, in the secondary. The, the pass rush was very Rashawn Gary- uh, you know, um, incumbent. I mean if, if it wasn't Gary, they weren't getting it. So why would that why would that change now? you know can, can that happen when Joe Barry's job is not on the line? I think it's a big question.
2: And it's just, you know, and you look at the first 12 weeks of the season, they're blitzing at like the second highest rate. Then the final five weeks, they're getting natural pressure. And I also think it helped the quarterbacks that they faced too. You know, Baker Mayfield learning an offense in 13 days, a beat up Justin Fields, Tua was concussed for an entire half. And then Goff outside, uh, outside of a dome where I think he has like six touchdown passes this year. It's just how was everybody, including myself, but it wasn't just like us or people that were close to the team. It was the national media, everybody that covers the sport. How was everybody just so wrong? about this defense because we were talking top five top 10 you know obviously scheme but it's just you know how, how was everybody so wrong because you brought up the san francisco game and it's just like the first 12 weeks of the season we saw week one they couldn't cover justin jefferson i know they were moving them all around the field but like what what was it i mean can you really blame joe barry or at some point is it the players like especially there's the second there. only two doors here
1: it's one of two options either they've wildly missed on their player evaluations. They had seven first-round picks. They had pricey free agents, starters at every level of defense. Preston Smith, Devondra Campbell coming back after an all-pro year, Rasul Douglas, Adrian Amos. This was a stacked defense on paper in terms of assets put into it. So it's either wild miss on evaluation of the players or it's not having the right coordinator to lead them. That there's really no other option. And Matt LaFleur is telling you that it's not the coordinator because he's sticking with Joe Barrett. So my question to Brian Gudikins on, on Friday when he talks is, did, did, did you wildly miss in your player evaluation? Because it's only one or the other. And and maybe it's a bit of both, but there, there isn't really another rational, logical explanation for how this defense with so much put into it
2: could have been this bad this season. So now my question is you've the last seven drafts. I mean the first round picks pretty much everything has went to the defensive side of the ball. Do you restart? I mean you need some safety play I'd say cuz Amos isn't getting any younger. Savage fit into his new role after being benched. I just I mean is that the need for this team? I mean cuz we don't really know. I guess that's a hard question to answer because we don't know if this is going to be a rebuild without Aaron Rodgers or one last run with Rodgers. But do you think that that's the way that they're going to have to go? Defensive line, secondary? You need safety play because Darnell Savage is guaranteed next
1: year, and he was much better as a slot corner than a safety. I don't know if Rasul – you start with Rasul Douglas. I don't know if he can play safety because if if Darnell Savage is your slot corner, now you've got four cornerbacks for three jobs. And so you're going to have to make a change somewhere. Can Rasul Douglas play safety? And if he can, then maybe that that goes a long way in the secondary. Uh, When I asked – Matt LaFleur about the defense, what to make of it, is Joe Barry coming back, he said the offense was the same way and and he knows that And, and as much as the defense failed to meet expectations the offense this season was significantly worse so they can't just continue to pump assets into the defense with an offense that is drowning on itself they need another playmaker at receiver and they've got to get a tight end who knows you know i i expect that aaron jones is going to be back he's their best player you just saw last year what happens when you don't retain your best player with Devontae adams like they i know there's an opt-out in aaron jones's contract he better be back you got to keep your best player when you don't have a lot of talent on that side of the ball to begin with but the offensive line there's there's a lot of question marks but Yeah, I I don't I don't think it's a situation where it's been most of Aaron Rodgers career where you need to build up the defense and just keep pumping resources into that. You've got to get whoever the quarterback is. You've got to get more talent on that side of the ball.
0: It's interesting because you say, you know, is it a wild miss? Well, Rajul Douglas, that was the first and only time in his career he looked like that. Uh, And you got him off a practice squad. And it reminded me of the Bucks and John Selmans, who had a hell of a half a year, and then they gave him a long-term deal, and he was never the same player again. And you did the same thing with him. And Devondre Campbell, same thing, all pro. There's no chance that dude's going to be an all pro again. I can all but, but guarantee you that's not happening. And you spent the money on him. I have less of an issue with Devondre Campbell than I do with Rajul Douglas, to be honest with you, at the end of the day. And look, there's nothing to say that they may not be able to move some of these guys uh, one way or the other, whether it's trading a Rajul Douglas. I don't, I'd have to look at cap hits. I don't have all the numbers in front of me, whether or not that would be worth it or not. But a Rajul Douglas, a Savage, or whatever the case may be. Uh, being able to move some of those guys to free space up. Because like you said, Stokes comes back next year. Now, Stokes wasn't overly impressive to me this year when he was healthy uh, before he did get hurt. So uh, I'm not even sure what that looks like uh, coming back next year opposite Alexander, who, you know, you have locked in. And as far as edge rushers go, I see a lot of people saying, oh, no, more edge rushers. Holland's played well, man, since they brought him over. And Gabari, I think, was way better. The kid out of South Carolina from where he was drafted versus the production he gave you when given an opportunity. Plus for Sean Gary, uh, Preston Smith. I I'll, I'll throw that name at you Ryan Wood. What does his future look like with the Green Bay Packers?
1: Well, he'll be back. He just got extended and he had a he had a fairly good season. You know, he, he after Rashawn Gary went down with the ACL, Preston Smith brought a lot more pressure. He finally got away from this statistical oddity in his career where every other year he's either he he he'll have a great year, bad year, great year, bad year. He finally put together back-to-back good years for the first time in his career uh, he, he's you know th- in terms of the edge position as a whole this is probably the most depth they've had there in in some time because of the two guys you mentioned Hollins and Enigbari I, I thought that the, the floor of this position was lifted yeah because of the depth that they have there so this is they got that going for them this is the first time in a long time you go into an offseason thinking there's depth there's talent at edge rusher it's not usually the case uh eric stokes completely there with you what you have to figure out with him is whether or not this was a sophomore slump we've seen that before hello Devonte adams yeah or if you wildly missed on the evaluation because eric stokes was not good before the injury nope. he, he, he was getting beaten man he could not play zone there was a lot of breakdowns he was not good he was pretty good his rookie year so what what to make of that i don't know they're gonna have to figure that out um, yeah, Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell, you, you kind of felt like like last year th- those are two guys that peaked at the perfect time for them and, and their careers that they, they were going to maximize on on the big years that they had. Neither of them was bad this year. And Devondre Campbell wasn't a, an all-pro, but he wasn't bad. He, he was solid. Same for Rasul Douglas. He didn't have the, the make the plays that he did last year, but he made plays. So what, what are you going to get out of them going forward? And where, where does it re, when it regresses to the mean, what is the mean, is going to be a, a big question in their evaluation as well. Uh, just
2: one last one for me, just like overall on the team. Would you be shocked, um, you know, if this is one last run for Rodgers? I, I guess what's your prediction? You know, is Rodgers back as the starting quarterback next year? And then do you think that they have any shot at – or is it even possible to uh, be aggressive in free agency? Like I saw DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on the trade block, probably can't do anything there. But do you think there's any chance that they, like, go all in for one last Super Bowl? I hate when we say that. But something like the Rams did a couple years ago. Are they even in that position to do so for Aaron Rodgers? Do you think there's any chance, or do you think it's more likely this is a rebuild? I legitimately don't know what they're going to
1: do at quarterback. I don't know. If I'm making the call, I make the move now. Because I feel like. Spinning your tires at this point, I, I don't see, I don't see how it's going to get better at this stage in a quarterback's career, from a health standpoint, from a production standpoint. He he's going into his age forty season. There's a long, long history of guys that you see decline with at that position, late in the thirties, going to the forties. It doesn't get better. So, could Aaron Rodgers be the the antithesis of that, the break from the norm? Yeah. But I don't know that I would bet on that. Uh, that that's, I'm, that's not a bet I'm, I'm real comfortable making. So if they feel it any sort of way about Jordan Love, I, I make the move now and I, I load up around him and see if that's the, the right path going forward. And If it's not, then you need another quarterback. But spinning your tires, I, I just, I, I
2: don't see how that's a viable option. I just feel like if you're going if you're going to Jordan Love, I just wonder you know are they going to surround him with some weapons or is it going to be? I mean, do they even really need to though? I mean, Christian Watson was excellent. He might be a top fifteen receiver in this league by next year if he stays healthy. Uh, Romeo Dobbs looked really good. I'm with you on that. They need to draft a tight end, even if it's in the second or third round. I don't think you need a first round tight end, but you need somebody with some size as a red zone weapon. It's just going to be interesting to see what they do if they do turn to Jordan Love because. Well- uh, you want them to have a fair chance at least.
1: The Packers know how badly they need a tight end. Last two years, they've tried to get Darren Waller with everything they can. Yeah. It's not a coincidence why that's happened. They, they, they badly need a playmaking tight end. For all this talk about Aaron Rodgers having rookie receivers, it's a real disservice to the kind of rookie seasons that Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs had. I mean, you look historically, what Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs did was. Absolutely on par with your Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, James Jones, Greg Jennings, what they did as rookies.
0: Yeah, but there's a difference, though. Those guys weren't counted on. These exactly. guys were counted on to have to be the guys. Those guys weren't counted on to be the guys their rookie year.
1: Doesn't that make it more impressive to be thrown into the fire, sink or swim, and they, they, they didn't sink? Yeah,
2: Especially but that's what they have to deal with. I love Rodgers, but he's not really – I mean, he's pretty hard on those kids, but too. think about it,
0: though. If he had those guys their rookie years and they had to be the guys – Wouldn't there be just as much frustration about that offense back then as there is now from him himself?
1: There'd be a lot. Yeah, there'd be the same level of frustration. I I would say that there'd be less production than what they had able to fit into a role. Uh, what, What Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs did, having to learn an offense with a highly demanding quarterback, being thrown in at a position in this league that you just don't make a comfortable transition from college to pro. It does not happen. And to produce the way they did was extremely impressive. It's two of the brightest spots that they have. So, yeah, he had rookie receivers. He had rookie receivers that were really, really good, that were really impressive in their first season, that had bright futures. It's not like he was playing with uh, rookie Amari Rodgers and Jeff Janice. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He was yeah. with two really talented guys. And and Goody gets credit on that, too. The whole draft
0: class, he hit a home run on this draft class. It appears right now. Not just the wide receivers, but both guys from Georgia worked out, even with uh, the punk crap that happened in the last game. Uh, Zach Tom at offensive line, that worked out really well. I mean, he got probably, you know, five starters out of that draft, and that is very difficult to do for any team in any draft, Ryan
1: Wood. And he's going to need another one just like that. Yeah, probably. But where this team is that he's going to, but you're absolutely right. It was it was in terms of depth, his best rookie draft class. Um, you know, he's he's found he's had he's had fines before. He drafted Jair Alexander, he drafted Elton Jenkins, he's he's drafted well. I mean, he drafted MVS in the fifth round. Yeah. Pretty good pick. Uh, But in terms of depth from the start to the finish, and we don't know, I'm I'm not going to make any bold proclamations here about a seventh round pick, but we, Samari Torrey had moments too, as a seventh rounder. I don't know that he's going to be the next Donald driver here, but for a rookie seventh round pick, he he had his moments. So it it was a really impressive draft class in terms of depth. He's going to need to duplicate
2: that this spring. Uh, Ryan, I want to sneak one more in because Sparky just brought up Quay. Is he all right, man? Like uh, we saw the situation with the Bills, and I kind of gave him a pass on that a little bit because he's over on the sideline. We know weird stuff sometimes happens on the opposing sideline. Somebody touches him. He kind of reacts. It's like, okay, he's a young kid. This The trainer situation was, was a little alarming. And then they cut the camera. He's walking off the field, and he's like crying. He's an emotional mess. I get he's young, but uh, – you know, you're around the team. You cover the team. See, I think uh, he
0: deleted his social media content. I, mean, I think he deleted his Twitter. He right
2: apologized. Now. I mean, but like nothing. Is he going to be all right? <laughs> Needs to be because he's a
1: hell of a promising guy. Exactly. I mean, when he's on the field, he for a rookie, he he made an impact and. His future is very, very bright, but he has got to get that under control. And Matt Lafleur couldn't have been harder on him than, than he was. I mean, he he knows it. That that's completely unacceptable. To 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 the point of just um, stunningly, alarmingly immature. You, you you can't, especially in the week of the NFL that last week was. Yeah. To push a trainer, what are you thinking? It just it. It begs the question you just asked, is he all right? I, I, you know, he's young, he's a rookie. I am going to say that, make a prediction that that he figures that out, but he's got to put in work, not just on his game, but on his maturity and and stability between plays so that that crap doesn't be the reason that he doesn't reach his potential. Because there's a lot of potential out there for him. But it, it was just, it was stunningly, such a bad idea. I, 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 you, you just wonder, what what are you thinking? Like what what goes through your mind? And I understand DeAndre Swift is a former teammate. I understand that they're tight. But when the player, whoever it is, could be your brother, when a player is injured on the field and there's medical staff around him, you get the hell out of the way. There is no other option. That is what you do. Period. Matt LaFleur made it very clear to him. Uh, you, you hope that, they, that he figures that out because – That that that'd be a really bad reason to not reach your
0: potential. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, He is Ryan Wood, the award-winning Packers beat writer from the Green Bay Press. Is that follow him on Twitter at by Ryan Wood? This was phenomenal and amazing. And Ryan Wood, I thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, the the because we're doing this on video too, even though you're listening to it on the podcast. A a Christmas tree over the shoulder. I mean, that's beautiful, Ryan. That that's love. That's love for me. I appreciate
1: it. it. I I do love you, Sparky, and. and, No, this this bad boy's going to be taken down. I have this this rule. You can call it laziness, and you probably wouldn't be wrong. But this rule that the Christmas tree stays up till the season is over, because I just don't got time to deal with that you. until it's the off season. It's the off season now, so this will be going down. But I kept it up, and I plugged plug the lights in just for you, Sparky. You know what? I have an
0: idea. I just popped into my head, Ryan. We we should get you, and I know they sell them. That every team has them. We should leave that up year round. and we should make that the New York Mets tree and decorate it with all they make Mets ornaments, they make Mets tree topper, whole thing covered in Mets stuff, so even in the summertime it's up, but it's a Mets tree and you're watching your Mets game, you've got your Mets tree on, whatever the case may be while the Mets are winning some games I don't know man, I think it'd be a pretty cool concept
1: I don't see myself buying a Mets tree because no, that-
0: you've got the tree. You just got to add, take those ornaments off, and we'll buy you some Mets ornaments. I'll help. I'll donate. We can start a GoFundMe Mets ornament uh, page for Ryan Wood Horvath, Are you in? Would you donate a, a couple of bucks for the uh, Mets ornaments tree?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I had although I had a bet on the Mets to win it all last year, and no, the- that didn't work out. Yeah, it's all right, man.
1: Why oh, we got it? Why well, we got to mention that?
2: Mm. <laughs> Ryan, I'm a Cub fan, so it's been one year, one beautiful, beautiful season, and then the rest just torture and pain, and uh, it's probably not getting better anytime soon. No, Let's spend some money at least, though. This awesome.
1: Here's the thing that that I actually I, I hope Packers fans understand. Like, I'm not a Packers fan, right? This, you know, I, I I don't cheer when they win. I don't boo when they lose. I do yeah. is what they do, but I fully can empathize with your pain like i I know how you feel because i'm the type of mets fan i i just do it instinctually without even thinking it's it's we and and us i mean i I, I
0: do it all the time for sure
1: terrible with that and i i hear myself and i'm like did i just i just say that yes i did because it's just it's it's a way of life it's it's the way i breathe it's all about the Mets. I know how you feel. I I, I I know what it is to be a fan, and I, I know I know how painful some of these things can be because um, there's a lot of pain in, in Mets fandom. It's, it's, I mean,
0: yeah, it's part of being a fan, man. The it, joys, uh, the, the happy times, the tears of, of happiness when your team wins a championship or makes the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years or just as over 500 like Lions fans are experiencing right now. I'm sure there was tears of joy there beating Aaron Rodgers and sending the Packers home. And then there's there's the pain that goes along with it. Again, see the Lions fans. They've been going through it for a long time. He has Ryan Wood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood. Ryan, thank you so much, my friend. Have a good one. Take care, guys. Good to see you. Thanks, man.